The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's present Hollywood. Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Margaret O'Brien, Lionel Barrymore, Louis Stone, and Edward Arnold in Three Wise Fools. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings <laughs> from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. If when you're sitting at home some quiet night, alone, you suddenly hear a sound like this. Have you ever wondered what makes that gate unwind? Could it possibly be those little people, the leprechauns and the fairies whom we never see? Oh, uh, you don't believe in them, eh? Well then, let's see what happens to three skeptics like yourselves in Metro Golden Mayor's Three Wise Fools. Based on the play by Austin Strong, originally produced by John Golden. We are fortunate in having all four stars from the original fine cast. Margaret O'Brien, Lionel Barrymore, Louis Stone, and Edward Arnold. Margaret appears as a little Irish girl who moves into the home and heart of three hard-hearted disbelievers. Disbelieving, that is, in those same little people who are known to inhabit the bogs of Ireland. And speaking of Ireland, we have a letter forwarded by a youthful member of the Red Cross. It's from a pupil in a school near Dublin, and says in part, Words cannot express how grateful we were for the welcome presents that he sent. The teacher let us pick what we liked, and I chose a cake of luck soap and a storybook. Well, I'm sure that boys and girls in Ireland, as in other lands, appreciate the packages the Junior Red Cross sends and especially their kindness and discrimination in including Lux Soap. Here's Act One of Three Wise Fools, starring Margaret O'Brien as Sheila O'Monahan, Lionel Barrymore as Richard Gaunt, Louis Stone as Jane Sumble, and Edward Arnold as Theodore Kinsley. A doctor, a banker, a lawyer, each was desperately enamored of the beautiful Lena Fairchild. But suddenly, Miss Fairchild fell in love with a stranger, a dark man from Ireland, so full of song and poetry that she agreed to run away with him. The three suitors discovered the elopers, and so violently did they threaten the stranger that he turned in his saddle to curse them. 
I am the Omanahan, who's broken bread with kings and sung before queens, and this is my cook. I... No. No, not a cook. I'll make it a blessing. Gentlemen, while Rena and I are in Ireland, may all your lofty dreams come true. May you... Richard Gaunt. May you be the famous man of medicine. And you, James Trumbull. And you be the high and mighty lawyer you set your heart upon. And you, Theodore Finley. May you get your million dollars, your glittering ton of gold. And may you go side by side on a wide, smooth road. In the name of the one-horned witch of the bog of our beach, it's both. Well, 40 years went by, and the three disappointed suitors had become three old bachelors. Theodore Findlay had acquired his ton of gold. Richard Daunt became a famous doctor, and James Trumbull, a high and mighty lawyer. But with it all, they hadn't acquired one true friend. And so it was that the three old bachelors contemplated doing of a gracious deed. I still say it's ridiculous, giving away a piece of property worth $50,000 just because you two are worried about how many carriages will be at your funeral. And how many do you think you'll have at yours? So we're making this magnificent gesture because the people of this community hate me. Is that it, Dr. Gaunt? Why, they love you, Ted. That's why they call you Squeeze of Pennington. Oh, now, stop arguing, stop arguing. If we can buy a little goodwill with a gift, it's a bargain. And to whom will we give the property? University, of course. For years they've wanted that land to build a Greek amphitheater. We get some wonderful publicity in the newspaper. Yes, Paul Badger owns the newspaper and Paul Badger hates that. Well, now, speak for yourself. Well, you were the one who dispossessed his mother 25 years ago. I'm a businessman. Well, then, as a businessman, shut up. Jim, uh, get in touch with the president of the university. I'll get a hold of Badger, and they can both come here tomorrow. Well, is there anything I can do? Yes, 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 yes. You can go to the vault in that bank of yours and bring us the deed for the land. The deed of the old Fairchild estate. <laughs> Leading citizens give university old fair child estate. Well, now we can be proud of ourselves. This time won't forget us and I. I, uh... What is it, Frederick? Excuse me, gentlemen, but a little girl and a man are calling. They they look like immigrants. Immigrants? Well, send them away. Well, who could they be? Who are you, little girl? Hello, my name. And there's not a cottage nor a castle in all Ireland that's not honored by his family. Oh, Monaghan, did you say? Yes, sir. Granddaughter of Michael, the O'Monaghan. Well, well, what? It, it, it's Rena Fairchild's granddaughter. Then this is man, will you? Oh, Captain, what's your name, sir? The O'Monaghan servant, man and boy, for 50 years. Well, where's your grandfather, child? Is he with you? Grand is in Connemara. He got his money to him. Then he's straight up in his grave. Standing up. And why not? He lies against more men. God rest his soul. Granny's gone too. Rena Fairchild is dead. And because of her great kindness to you three gentlemen, she commissioned me to deliver to you her most precious treasure. Well, really? What is it? Sure, it's just myself. It's what? Her granny wanted you to be her dad. She was going to have one kind of parents take care of her. She had none. Then passed none when she was a baby. Ah, but we, we, 
We don't know anything about raising a little girl. Oh, she's a smart one, gentlemen. What you don't know, she'll teach you. Right at the news, gentlemen. Oh, good night, man. It's a journey to women about. Someone to put me in with your coats and your buttons go upstairs. Thank you, but we have a tailor. Ah, but there's no love in the sudden need of a tailor. My dear child, please, please. It's, it's quite impossible. I, I'm sorry. I should have known. You don't want to. Oh, it isn't that so. It's simply that, uh, well... Don't say something. Don't you always stand. That's you on your is this something we can do, or tell them a few dollars or so? Aye, there is something you can do. For the blasphemous thought, I'm thinking, you can pay for me more. Tell me, lady. Uh, Frederick? Yes, Mr. Sandler? A competent butler would have spared us all that. Yes, sir. I'm begging your pardon, the university president is here again. Uh, Mr. Appleby? Oh, come in, come in. Come in, come in. Gentlemen, there's been a terrible mistake. Mistake? I knew he should have held off with that publicity. Now, what's the matter with the publicity? You think it's fine? But, gentlemen, the deed to the Fairchild estate. The deed you turned over to me, it's not the deed to the Fairchild estate. Here, look at it. So what are you talking about? We bought that property from we the Fairchild years ago. This deed is for a leaving out Fairchild property on the other side of town. Ten acres of grassland. What is the newspaper here? No, no, no. I'll have it straightened out immediately. Yeah. Oh, I hope so, Mr. Kinder. He said I just sent him another front-page story, and it would be most embarrassing if you would to... Mr. Appleby, I'll see that you get the right deed in the morning. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, I... I... Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, you have it. You told us for years you had that deed. Yes, I know, I know, but giving the university ten acres of swap. You realize what Tadger can do to us? You'll be hooted out of town. Get back to him and find out about it. You'll buy it right now. You'll buy it. From who? From Wiener, of course. I'll cable it. Ah, Wiener's dead, you lame brain. Well, then, the air. Say, she's the air. That little girl. And you sent her away. I? I did nothing in the store. I'll argue about it later now. But right now we've got to find her. Bennett, get the carriage. Look at your garden. Granite house. It's falling to pieces. Yeah, I know. There's nothing left but to take out your American citizenship and go on the old age pension. Is it charity or supporting the same? Do we can't live in this celebrity with old Savannah? I know, I know. Poor oh, Gavin, I'm a failure. What are you doing? Here, girl, I'll do it. I'll go to work. Oh, no, no. I will, I will. I'll get it out. But it would be like I was telling you, slavery. Oh, I feel like signing the deed. Yeah, then there's no left but to tell this old place. Tell it. Don't run it, Don't you ever... Oh, Gavin, look. That old hmm? What about that old thing? What is the body? Buried with an old thing. The good people, the leprechaun. Glory to you, hell, out of our trouble. What are you going to do? Stand where you are, old Gavin. I'm going to call them for Yes, sir, yes. The thing to do, the lapis mark, is the blooming enemy. Starting off, storm of love. The last machine left there. I, uh, I don't see nothing, my lady. Not a solitary fairy. You've really just forgotten those days. 
What is it you want? To talk to you. Talk to me? I have to take care of you now to tell me why do you My dear young lady, you're not taking care of us, we're taking care of you. That's why we must tell you that why we like to have that paper done. I will know more about the paper. Now, sit down. Sit down, please. Yes, so I can see you in the You want to kiss me goodnight? Why? Because I love you. Oh, no, no, no. But no, I never touch you in the No, no, not for a very long time. And I'm an old man now. Well, sir. You also said you touched me to see you in the world, you said. Oh, you but I'm the friend of mine. You see, what's in the cousin who's so old and old? And when I'm the last one, sir, he's trying to move the boy around. And Mr. O'Brady says, Well, I'm the only one who's a girl, but he's got me one small thing. Well, sir, sir, he's just so obliging and courteous, and not causing me any trouble. But it's a good one. You still have these eyes until I say anything like that, Mr. O'Brady? Well, what do I do that, sir, sir? Then, I have your word for you, Mr. I'll never say any prayer to you. Only never do it. Only never do it. Who will live forever? Good night, Laura Jane. I'm asking you to give me the name. You will die for some of
little people. In fact, the poor old thing should be cut down and put out of its misery. Mm-hmm. He wasn't into that. Yes, the young queen has found us a new home far away. So let us depart while the moon's on the rise and the dew's on the grass. Come, little people. Away. Away. Uh, there we go, Sheila. There they go. They're packed on their backs. I see him. I see him. Oh, take me home. One small body can't stand anymore. The little people, the little people. Well, you two old goats, did I solve our problem or didn't I? Why, the child's convinced she saw the fairies. She's upstairs now, probably dreaming about them. Well, the ways that be, Darina's property. She still has that, hasn't she? Quiet, she's coming. Well, well, Sheila, we thought you were asleep. I was asleep. Oh, yes. And then I took to thinking. I had everything in heart desired. If you have them, what you want at all. So if you're still set on the theater for the week, Here's the deed to me, property. Oh, thank you, Sheila. You can put the old tree out of its misery or do anything you want. It's not because I saw the little people. It's because you saw them. I know you believe because you saw them too. Yes, yes, Sheila. Yes, my dear. Good night. Good night. And may God sit on your pillow. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night, my child. Well, boys, this deed goes to Appleby tonight. I'll take it myself. The university gets its property, and the little girl has seen her fairies. <laughs> I think I'll go to bed. Yes, I think I will, too. Yeah, pleasant dreams, boys. We're sitting pretty. Miss Sheila, ma'am, excuse me for interrupting your breakfast. Miss Cedric? When there's a policeman, ma'am, with a message from old Devon. We picked him up last night in a brawl, miss. The message was he'd be obliged if you'd come and get him out of jail. Shall I call Mrs. Trumbull, miss, or the doctor? Oh, oh no. Tell the policeman to wait. I'll be ready in a minute. Now, just a minute, O'Davern. Are you trying to tell this court that you were attacked last night by supernatural beings? George Watson, your honor, that I was. Ah. We met up with you at the edge of the Fairchild Estate. And seeing as how they were the liquor folks searching down the road, I invited them to join me at Murphy's Liquor Emporium. And they went with you. The fairies went with you. Well, sir, there we were on our way. When one of them, a north of Ireland runt named Dugan, passed a certain remark about me, dear Uncle Seamus, now deceased and departed. Will you kindly get to the point? Naturally, I remarked right back at him and doubled it. And then, then this pusillanimous lump told me to shut up or he'd knock me kneecaps off. Now, there was where I made no mistake. They all fell upon me, thousands of them. I was up to me belt buckle and fairies. You were up to your belt buckle and whiskey. Oh, me little... Oh, please, sister. Here, here. Just who are you, little girl? You remember me, Judge Watson? Sheila O'Monaghan. Oh, yes, of course. A little Irish girl. And now that she's here, Your Honor, she'll tell you I did see the fairies last night. Oh, yes, sir. A whole tree full of them. Now, just a minute. Just a Well, more visitors. Come in, Mr. Trumbull. Doctor, Mr. Finley. How are you, How are you, Your Honor? I hope you'll excuse us. We just came to get the little girl. But, gentlemen, oh, Davin's in trouble. 
excellency doesn't believe that we saw the fairies last night. Uh, Sheila, we mustn't interrupt the court. But I'm just asking you that you tell the judge what you saw with your own eyes. You did see the fairies last night. You did. Sheila, dear, what difference does it make? Don't you see what you're doing? You're sending old Gavin to prison for telling the truth. Then, why don't you speak? Gentlemen, did you see fairies last night, or did you not? Sheila, my dear, it, it was just a sort of a game, my dear. Yes, dear, just a, just a little game. Then you don't believe. And after you saw them leaving the tree. Never mind, darling. Never mind, my lady. But there must be fairies. There must. I couldn't leave if there weren't. I wouldn't want to. Sheila? Yes, Your Excellency. Come here, child. Here to the window. Yes. You too, old Evans. Yes, Your Excellency. Are those the fairies you saw? The little people out there in the prison yard. The little folks. They're here. A miracle. But they're not fairies, Sheila. They're midgets. Dugan's midgets from the vaudeville theater. But, Davin. The church is right, my lady. Midgets. Just humans, darling, who never grew up. And me swearing to his pixies I might talk with. And it's just humans. But we and fairies are still in my tree. And we're going to cut it down and kill them all. Sheila, my dear... We did it only to make you happy. Make me happy. You make me wish I were dead. They'll have released the midgets. The case is dismissed. Well, thank you very much, Your Honor. I'm not through with you. I want to see all of you right away in my chamber. And that's what they've done for her, Your Honor. And that's why I say they're three contemptible low-down weasels. Are you drunken? Judge, I demand that Devon be thrown out. Before you do any demanding, Mr. Findlay, I suggest you answer his accusations. Did you hire Dugan's midget? Yes, but only... And second, is it true or not that you brought this child into your home only to acquire her property? Oh, your Honor, please, now, believe Well, Dr. Gaunt... Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. We were in a difficult situation, and, well, it seemed the simplest solution. But we've changed since he came to us. I can't explain it, except we've... We've never heard a little girl laugh before of them, or waited for a good night kiss, frightened to death she might forget us. <laughs> you couldn't take her away from us now, Judge. Why, we wouldn't be able to just... Well, hang it, man. We love her. How can you love me? Dressing up little humans to pretend that they were fairies. But Sheila, we do love you. You're the only one we've ever loved, except your grandmother. Now, please... Tell Judge Watson that you want to stay with us. And I'll buy you a pony, Sheila. A nice red pony. A red pony. You can't buy love for pounds and pence. I was so happy last night. I thought that you believed in the fairy. And how they'd help you get rid of your sinful old money. And lead you into heaven. But it's too late. I can't go back with you. You won't have to, Sheila. Mr. Finley, Dr. Gaunt, Mr. Trumbull. Consider yourselves discharged as the child's guardian. Ah, oh, but Judge... Yes, sir? Get the matron. We'll arrange to commit the child to the state home for office. Oh, no, no. I won't go. I won't go. But this is not Your Honor. She has plenty of money, the money we paid for her property. And I'm not such a penny of it. Not a penny. Your Honor, she's a monahan. She can't go to an institution. Mario Davin, there's no alternative. Yes, sir. Oh, look at you. Three wise men. After what you've done, it's you who should be put in an institution to rot behind bars for the rest of your selfish lives. Three wise men. 
three wise fools. That'll be enough of that. Oh, Daphne, help me, please. Oh, Daphne, help me. Oh, alternative, he says, darling. Oh, for me dead body there, ain't. Come on, me lady, run, run. Stop, stop, stop. You'll never stop. You'll never fight. Run, me lady, run, run. Come on. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. In just a moment, Margaret O'Brien, Lionel Barrymore, Lewis Stone, and Edward Arnold will return in Three Wise Fools. Our guest tonight is proof that miracles can and do happen in Hollywood. She's lovely Janet Lee, who at the age of 19 has been chosen for one of the most important screen roles of the year in Metro-Golden-Mare's The Romance of Rosie Ridge. Won't you give us a few highlights of your success story, Janet? And don't be modest. Well, I really haven't had a chance to catch my breath yet, Mr. Keeley. Everything happened so fast. First came my contract, the studio, and then my first picture role in a romantic drama of the period following the Civil War. And, well, you know who the hero is, Mr. Keeling, so you understand why I can hardly believe my good luck to be playing opposite him. The popular Van Johnson. And he has the most versatile role of his career in that picture, a two-fisted fighting man. Oh, Van did some fine singing, too. American folk songs to his own guitar accompaniment. Oh, it was also fun to work with such a famous member of the cast as Thomas Mitchell. A truly splendid character actor. How did you like going on location for the romance of Rosie Ridge in the high Sierra? Oh, it was rugged, but it was beautiful up there. No contact with the outside world for, for two weeks. So I had to be sure to pack carefully. Oh, and I know Mr. Kennedy would be interested to hear of one suggestion I got over and over again. I'm uh, thinking of a certain beauty soap that's rather popular in Hollywood, Miss Lee. <laughs> yes, Mr. Kennedy. Everyone said... Be sure to take a supply of Lux Toilet Soap. As though I forget my daily complexion care. I've been using Lux Toilet Soap for a long time, you know. Maybe that's one reason the studio didn't even make a screen test of you, Miss Lee. Any cameraman knows a lovely Lux complexion always photographed like a charm. Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. Hollywood stars and starlets know how effective Lux Toilet Soap care can be. The rich, fragrant lather makes Lux Toilet Soap their favorite bath soap, too. It's truly Hollywood's own beauty soap. Thanks for being here tonight, Miss Janet Lee. All good wishes in your bright new career. Here's your producer, William Keeley. Act three of Three Wise Fools, starring Margaret O'Brien as Sheila, Lionel Barrymore as Gaunt, Lewis Stone as Trumbull, and Edward Arnold as Finley. Several hours have passed, but neither the police nor the frantic efforts of the three old bachelors have revealed any trace of Sheila and O'Davin. Slipping through town, the runaways have halted at an iron front gate. On it, a bronze plaque reads, St. Mary's Convent. Oh, darling, darling, you can't. You can't enter a convent. Mind is made up, O'Davin. I'm denouncing the world. Sure, it is nothing but a great ball of meanness in life. But we could run away, my lady. Out west. Kentucky. Or, or Maine. We'll become Indians. No, Davin. Thank you, but no. It 
places in a convent. What more can I do with me wasted life? To let him cut off his hair and have done with it. Oh, what's to become of me? Left to die in a drunken's grave. Oh, me poor, poor man. But you've got to be brave. I'll be praying for you every second beat. Oh, worry, worry, worry. He promised me you'll have no more dealings with Mr. Kilgarren's Irish whiskey. Not a symbol for Not a whiff. Then go, Davin. Go now. And God time is it now, Richard? It's ten minutes to ten. And in five minutes, it'll be five minutes to ten. And if you ask me once more, I'll ram that clock right down your throat. Well, I can't help it. I'm worried. Oh, no, I'm worried. Huh. If it hadn't been for you and your midget flea circus, Sheila'd still be here. Oh, huh? sure. Blame me. Everything, anytime anything happens around here, it's oh, my fault. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. For 40 years, yeah. I've listened to your yapping. I'm getting tired of it. All right, I'll leave this house tomorrow. Good. I can't wait to get your room fumigated. Gentlemen, she insists on seeing you. Who insists on seeing us? I do. Oh. I see you, I will. I insist to marry Bridget from the convent. I come for Sheila's clothes. Oh, you found her. She found us, poor little tight. Oh, thank heaven, she says. Sister, you have influence in this town. Help us get her back, please. I hope you'll never get her back. I've just been to see Judge Watson. There's a fine boarding school upstate. I'm taking her there myself tomorrow. So send off your man to fetch her clothes. Get her clothes, Frederick? Yes, sir. The three biggest men in this town, are you? The three blackest sinners. We tried to buy the property back, but they've already started to clear the land. I know all about it. What we did was wrong. Now, we know that. And what do you know of the mind of a child? Denying her the fairies. Calling them superstitions. Would you be denying Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Storks? You took everything from us you believed in. And now she wants to die. But surely there's something we can do. The only thing I know is to save that tree. But that's impossible. Is it? Before I let them cut it down, I'd nail myself to the trunk and make them cut me down with it. Ah, but you won't do anything. You just haven't got the courage or the love. I'll wait in the carriage for the child's place. Hello, Acme Contracting Company. Hello, hello, Mr. Johnson. This is Quimby. Yeah, you got that ground clear, Jeff? That's just it, Mr. Johnson. It's a big old tree. When we came to work this morning, he was chained to it. What are you talking about? Dr. Gordy chained himself to the tree. We can't cut it down. Yeah, but you've got to cut it down. Wait, wait, I'll be out there in ten minutes. Hey, Sam, get hold of Appleby at the university right away. chaining yourself to this tree. So you can't cut it down, that's why. But we got to cut it down. we got to clear the property, don't we? You're not cutting down this tree. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, oh, stop, stop, stop. What on earth's the matter? Who chained you to the tree? He did it himself, Mr. Apple. You are not cutting down this tree. But, Doctor, people will think you're crazy. You'll be ruined. Come on, open the padlock. Where's the key? I gave it to a gopher. This property belongs to the university. I'll call the police. Well, go ahead. You start to death. Well, then tell them the flat foot to bring me a sandwich. <laughs> I'll tell them. Now, will you guys get back to work? Then I'll have a trick, anyway. Oh, devil. Thanks for the agent. You know the trick. Oh, where, where is your permission? 
here so you can hurt her again? I don't want to hurt her. I'm just trying to save her tree. Well, then, then you believe? Would I be doing this if I didn't? Look me in the eye. Do you believe in fairies? Yes or no? No. So I was right. It is a deception. Yes, 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 yes. It's a deception, yes. But, just, but don't you see? I'm trying to give that child a faith again. Now stay here, old Davin. Help me convince her. She's coming here. I sense that bitch to the convert. Ah, she'll not put yourself after what you've done to her. Then you get her yourself. You've got to now, man. To meet before they take her out of town. I'll try. And hurry, old Davin. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Mr. Badger, what do you want, you buzzard? <laughs> Always said you'd wind up in chains. Yeah. Where are your accomplices? Where's Finley and Trumbull? I don't know. Stand by, boys. Take down everything he says. We yeah. will, boys. You are my reporters, now. Oh, Mr. Appleby's here, too, I see. I brought the policeman, Doctor. Now, unless you give us a key to that padlock, we'll cut you loose with a hacksaw. Where's that key? Go ask the gopher. <laughs> oh, come on, Doc. What's the idea? You wouldn't understand, you pot-bellied pencil pusher. Just give us one reason. One little reason for all this nonsense. I have chained myself to this tree because it's the home of the fairies. Fairies? What, what, what fairies? You really believe that, Gorse? I don't see any fairies. Well, neither do I. But they're in this tree, all right. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll take care of this. Well, Mr. James Trumbull. Oh, oh, I hate to say this, Mr. Trumbull, but I do believe Dr. Gaunt has lost his mind. Save your breath, Jim. You wouldn't believe in fairies if I showed you their birth certificate. Richard, Richard, what you're doing is a wonderful thing, but it won't save a tree. I know that. What's the good of it, then? Well, at least it may restore her belief in... Well, it's not in fairies, but at least in human beings. But Sheila's gone, hasn't she? I sent O'Davin for her. If he brings her here, she'll realize that at least one of us hasn't let her down. Oh, I see, I see. You mean that no one here believes in fairies but you? None of these good people? Jim, I love you. Thanks, thanks. Well, then, Doctor... I'm standing here with you until they dynamite us out. That's a great idea. Now, but I, I guess we better try to hack off first. Well, Mr. Trumbull, don't tell me you believe in fairies. Your skepticism does you a little justice, Mr. Badger. The manifestations of the supernatural have been known throughout the ages. Hallelujah. Uh, get that, Charlie, word for word. Uh, tell us more now. Like, well, uh, like, what do fairies eat? Mm, honey, of course. Honey and garlic. <laughs> and, uh, what do they drink? Grasshoppers, milk, and sap. You sap. Play along with me, Jane. We've got to do it. Uh, we, we've got to put on an act for yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. Look, look, Richard. Up on that limb. There. Five of them. Five pink fairies. <laughs> Imagine. And they're all strumming their hearts. Hot. Well, can't you hear them? Yeah, 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 of course, of course I can. Yeah, I can hear them as well as you can. Well, Sheila, hello, my dear. Good, good morning. Oh, darling, you can see the fairies and I can't. Ah, but you will, my lady. You will. And look, look, doctor. There's another group. 
And they're eating oatmeal. Oatmeal? Nonsense. That's buttercup, Marky. <laughs> you don't believe, oh, Catherine. Do they really believe? They do indeed, me lady. Oh, Sheila, darling, Sheila. We do believe. We do believe. Can you forgive us, my dear? Can you? Oh, I love you. I do love ah, you. Ah, now don't cry, Sheila. Please don't cry now. I... I won't. Where's Mr. Kinley? Well, we don't know, Sheila. Well, there he is. Conniving over yonder with Mr. Appleby. Why isn't he with you, protecting his tree? I don't know, the overstuffed miser. I'll take care of him. Excuse me, my lady. I'm about to beat up on the first millionaire. Oh, he's not going through the chain. All right, boys, get those stars in action. Okay. Well, chains or no chains, we won't touch him. Come on, stand aside over here. Come on. Oh, no, no. Please don't cut it down. Please don't. Hey, you better take care, Mr. Badger. Oh, no, no, don't cut it down. The fairy, he'll kill them all. Sheila, Sheila, dear. Uh, let the key alone. It's all this that we can spend. What did he say? <laughs> look, look what I've got. A check. A check for a million dollars. A million dollars. Mr. Finley, sell us back this property, he said, and I'll give you a million dollars. Dead. Dead did that. So, I accept it. Naturally. A million dollars. Naturally. We'll make it into a park, he said. Then the tree can stand forever. Not just a park. Simply park. That's part of the deal, Appleby. Mr. Finley, you gave your last million dollars to save the tree. Well, why not? Oh, Ted, Ted. Sheila's forgiven us, Ted. Can you? No, I guess I'd better. Looks like you two will have to take care of me from now on. Oh, was there ever such happiness? And we have the fairies to thank for it. The glorious little creature. But I wish I could see them like you do. Show them to her, Ted. Show them to her. See, yeah. Hmm? Well, that's second well, point. Uh, oh, yes, why, certainly. Now concentrate, Sheila. They're right up there on the... Well, of course you can't see them. The word, Sheila. The incantation. Oh, 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 he seems to be like a small, ancient bloom on the knees. Starting rise, barely glowing. The last machine left the last. Well, Sheila, well? I can see them. The fairies, they're there. You bet they are, darling. Right in the middle of Finley Park. performance from our four stars. And here they are at the footlights. Margaret O'Brien, Lionel Barrymore, Lewis Stone, and Edward Arnold. Sure, and it's a fine accounting you gave of yourself, Margaret, my darling. She's my thinking, Mr. Keeley. Uh, you know, uh, you almost had me seeing those little people myself. <laughs> well, uh, what does a leprechaun look like, Margaret? Oh, they have big ears and pointy turn-up noses. <laughs> Can you mark for that for sure? Well, of course, they really aren't such people. Oh, maybe they are. <laughs> As you said yourself, what makes that window blind go and fly up when nobody's around? Could be the sound effects, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, Barter. And I can see you're right about another thing, too. Lux toilet soap. 
I'm sure that nice, smooth complexion means you use it regularly. Oh, I do. I use Lux soap every single day of my life. And that's more evidence that you're a very wise and up-to-date young lady. And you know, Bill, Margaret's had is another skill to her many talents out at Metro Golden Mayor. So I understand. Learning the ballet for her newest picture, The Unfinished Dance. Well, that's quite an accomplishment, Margaret. Was it difficult? No, but in the middle of making the picture, I hurt my toe and couldn't dance. Oh. Well, is that why they call it The Unfinished Dance? <laughs> no. Oh, why, why do they? We'd have to go to the theater and find out. <laughs> but uh, coming back to your toe, Margaret, did it mean that you couldn't uh, dance in the ballet? No. Mr. Paskinath, the producer, promised me I could be in the ballet. So he postponed shooting it until my toe healed. Ah, well, Margaret, you must never break your promise to a little girl. Did you ever dance ballet, Mr. Barrymore? No. No, no. <laughs> no, no I'm afraid I'm hardly the type. Did you ever toe dance, Mr. Arnold? Uh, only on other people's toes. <laughs> well, I don't know about his dancing, Margaret, but Mr. Arnold gives a fine performance for MGM in The Huckster. Uh, thank you, Bill. And speaking of pictures, what are you doing on Lux next Monday night? We're fortunate in having a delightful and nostalgic play in 20th Century Fox's Margie, starring Gene Crane and Glenn Langan in their original screen roles. Margie is a warmly sympathetic story of teenage romance. It's trials and triumphs, joys and heartaches. A play that's filled with the spirit of youth and humor and brightened by the lilting tunes of the 20s. I love Margie, Mr. Keeley. I'm sure your audience will, too. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for a wonderful evening. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, Join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Gene Crane and Glenn Langan in Margie. This is William Keeley saying good night to you from Hollywood. Be sure to listen next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Margie with Gene Crane and Glenn Langan. Stay tuned for my friend Irma, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.